guys. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host. And today we have pre and postnatal fitness expert, Brooke Cates with us. Brooke is the founder and CEO of The Blue Method, a certified personal trainer, pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist, diastasis recti and core rehabilitation specialist, and a pre and postnatal holistic health specialist. Her knowledge and experience truly is impressive. Brooke created the Blue Method with a desire to empower women through movement before, during, and after their pregnancies, and she and her company are doing just that. Today, Brooke will be chatting with us about the pregnancy workout that can make childbirth easier. That's right. Brooke recognized gaps in both the mainstream and pregnancy fitness worlds and has created labor training, functional exercise movements, and innovative core techniques that are designed to keep women strong and thriving through their pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. So let's welcome Brooke to learn more. Hi, Brooke. We are so thrilled to have you here on our podcast, Chick Chat. Thank you for being here. Hey, Nina. I'm so happy to be here connecting with you and all your listeners. So thanks for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. And if you haven't listened to any of our episodes before, we always like to get like a good intro to our guests. And yeah, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you, Brooke, and your experience. So can you tell us about you, your background, and how you came to specialize in pre and postnatal fitness? Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Brooke Cates and I am a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist, a diastasis recti specialist. And of course, my big baby is I am the creator and founder of the Bloom Method, as well as pre and postnatal fitness app, Studio Bloom. I'm also a mom to an incredible wild little boy. He's four years old and I'm a partner and a friend and, you know, all the things that we show up or all the ways that we show up in the world as women. Yeah. I love what I do. And I'm excited to be here to chat with you about all things, pregnancy, movement, and fitness today. Ah, us too. I love that. And you have a four-year-old. My son just turned, he's five years old today. So we're in the same wild, rambunctious little boys. So I, my, uh, my heart is with you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's a constant learning journey, right? It's beautiful and it's tough and it's all the things. It all really the is. All the things. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And speaking of all the things, I need to know now, oh gosh, as an expert, like what are the common misconceptions about prenatal fitness that pregnant women are exposed to? And can you tell us like what the facts are? Like what are the main common misconceptions? Yeah. So unfortunately, I think there's a lot right now. You know, I think we live in an age where we are bombarded with information more than we ever have been. And from where I stand, I love all of the information and I love all of the women who are wanting to help pre and postnatal women become mean mothers in their movement journey. But the, a common trend that I'm seeing is that women who get pregnant and they exercise, they think all of a sudden that they're an expert and it just makes the information muddy for women who are truly seeking credible information, right? So a couple of big ones that come to mind are that pregnant women we sh- are very fragile, right? Like we've always, we've always thought that and been told that. So pregnant women are fragile and we shouldn't be picking up heavy weights. I mean, there's still women who 
choose the movement practice of, let's say, CrossFit or heavier strength training, that's still very hard for a large population of men and women to feel that those women are choosing a safe route for exercise. When the truth is, is if you can implement certain core and pelvic floor and stability techniques into your exercise of choice, I'm a firm believer that you can absolutely move your body however you want to move your body. Of course, we don't want women like skiing during pregnancy, or there are some things like let's, let's use our no horseback riding, maybe no horseback riding, (laughs) you know, once you get to a certain point, absolutely. Let's use common sense. But when it comes to, you know, what we see as exercise or fitness, I really think that we are in an age and we have been where women can be empowered to move their bodies. And sometimes it does mean that the movement practice shifts just a little bit. Maybe the way that you performed a squat shifts because you do need to scale the weight back a little bit. I wouldn't recommend a pregnant woman doing doing a one rep max as an Olympic lifter, but can she still lift heavier weights? Absolutely. Just like a woman can do yoga and Pilates and these more long-term fitness modalities that have kind of always been accepted. Pilates and yoga come to mind the most bar. We can also really push ourselves. And so that is one that we're moving away from. Women are starting to understand the power of implementing smart techniques to continue moving their body in the way they want, but we still have a way to go. And then the other big one is core. So in the past, I would say I've been doing this for 10 years, But in the past four to five years, it's become fast paced in the way that women are starting to understand. And I also add not understand. So there's still this piece of misinformation in how to train the core properly during pregnancy. And so forever, I mean, I'm sure our moms are like, we wouldn't train our core during pregnancy. I mean, most of our moms didn't even exercise during pregnancy, right? <laughs> and and girlfriends that I have, so I'll be 41 next month. So girlfriends that I have that were having children 10 years ago, they were even train your core. So I think that that is one that we're finally, again, the information I don't want to say the research because unfortunately the the research is not out there the way that a lot of people in my line of work want it to be. But we know talking with doctors, talking with specialists in this line of work, that it is not only safe to train the core during pregnancy, but there are a slew of benefits, everything from minimizing common pregnancy discomforts during pregnancy to actually creating a stronger core foundation during pregnancy when we're told quite the opposite, preparing the core and pelvic floor for childbirth, and then of course, helping that postpartum recovery return to exercise journey be so much easier versus this uphill battle that so many women have dealt with over the the past decades. So those are the two that come to mind the most. And then maybe I would throw in the pelvic floor, like the fact that pregnant women are still just told to do Kegels is... At this point, honestly, Nina, when I hear someone say that, I go, what rock are you living under? How is anyone, how are you listening to anyone in this space who is not talking about the importance of the fluidity 
of the pelvic floor, both the lengthening and the engagement process of the pelvic floor and how that creates a strong pelvic floor versus just Kegel your way to an unbalanced pelvic floor is the way I would say it, or a dysfunctional pelvic floor. So wait a second, you're saying no to Kegels? Is that what I'm getting? Because I now I need to know. Yes. Well, I'm saying... I'm saying no to Kegels in the way that we've always been taught. There are tons of people in my demographic that would say they would use the terminology, no Kegels. But then you're telling women when you break that down, don't contract and engage your pelvic floor. So I think it's about relearning or reframing our understanding of what a pelvic floor contraction is how that works with our breath, and how the pelvic floor should also be lengthening in opposition of that contraction. So it's really just marrying the, the entire pelvic floor and intercourse system, understanding how they should work and doing it that way versus just engaging your pelvic floor 50 times a day. This is fascinating because you're so right. I mean, I still hear that, like, do your Kegels, do your Kegels, do your Kegels. Which I'm like, okay, but this is a whole new, like, and I feel like advanced and really cool method and thought process of how to really take care of our core and our pelvic floor, because I think those two definitely go together. And I love hearing this from you. This is such, this is really cool information. I want to make sure that I also understand on the other points. So you're saying, because I have also been told, like, if you've always done CrossFit, if you've always done like this type of exercise, it's absolutely okay for you to continue it during your pregnancy, as long as it's like, there's some modifications that have been approved by like your caregiver. But you're also saying like, no, you can even potentially start these things at like, obviously don't go from like zero to a hundred, but you can like begin these exercises with proper technique, with proper coaching, with modifications, but you can actually, you're not a delicate flower. Like you can actually like push your body as well during pregnancy. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. I mean, I think absolutely. I think that one of my goals in the work that I do with women is to truly reframe the narrative around how we even see ourselves as pregnant birthing women, whether you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, we are literally carrying life inside of us. What delicate flower carries life inside of them and then births that life, no matter what that birth looks like. And then shows up within 24 hours and is like full on mom. I mean, what our bodies and our brains go through from the moment we are pregnant, even before then in the trying to conceive period throughout the fourth trimester and truly the rest of our life as moms, not to be like too woo woo, but it, it really is when you separate the true inner goddess of a woman, a life-giving woman, and claim that she is delicate and can't lift a box to put it in the back of her car because she's pregnant, I, I feel that we're defying the magic of life with that. Like, what do you mean? That do you understand all the things that happen to create this life inside of a woman? Now the woman will carry this life with all, we're always embarded with outside toxins and stress. 
I don't think we need to be worrying about the weight that we are lifting or the movement that is giving life to this baby, pumping blood flow to their heart, our heart, helping build their lungs and strengthen our lungs. I mean, the list goes on. And again, I just want to preface that in my perspective, what it is, what is necessary for a healthy movement practice in pregnancy and postpartum, to be frank, is the implementation of reframing. Again, I talk about that a lot, but it's reframing the way you connect with your body. Are you in your body during exercise or do you just exercise so that you're sore the next day and you sweat profusely? Because if that's your mindset, maybe you should take a step back and reassess that before diving into it during pregnancy. Because it, for me, I think there's this beautiful ability to merge our movement practice with this beautiful mind-body experience that we can have while baby is inside of us. And then it gets a whole, you know, then there's like, it's even crazier postpartum because it just is the journey of motherhood. Yeah. (laughs) This is so fascinating. I love hearing all of this from you because obviously you're a wealth of knowledge. I've been doing this for quite a while and have worked with many women. This is just so cool. And I, I want to know, and everyone here is like, oh, exercise is so good during pregnancy. And, you know, I've told people, yes, exercise is really good for you. It can help, like you said, decrease some of your pregnancy aches and pains. It can help you potentially have a shorter labor, which is great. But I want to hear from you, like, why is prenatal fitness important? And how can it improve a, wom- a woman's birth experience? Yeah, that is a wonderfully multifaceted question and answer. So the way that I would approach that is, you know, absolutely. We all know that movement is good for us, period. We could have a whole podcast episode on the reasons why movement and consistent movement. So an actual practice around movement is really good for us. And just for your listeners, I talk a lot about, you'll hear me say movement, exercise, and fitness. And the reason I do that is because in my work, I think that as I've observed the fitness industry before getting into this work, and then the 10 years doing this work, the fitness industry has done women a lot of disservices. (laughs) So I, I really try and have tried over the course of my work to be really relatable and mindful with my my wording of things because I think it's really important for all pregnant women to know that movement, exercise, or fitness, however you want to look at it, is safe and one of the best things that you can do for yourself during pregnancy. So just because you get pregnant or you're thinking about getting pregnant and you're like, you know what? I've never really been into exercising, but I love to hike. Awesome. How can we help you build a movement practice that is going to support you, your pregnancy, your baby, and your birth and postpartum, really your whole motherhood journey centered around the way that you like to move your body. So I just wanted to preface that because we are very much a fitness and exercise brand, but we want to be really welcoming for all women because I think there's a, in, in the, in my world, there's a place at the table for all women and the way they like to move their bodies. And I think the fitness industry can be very ego driven and makes women uncomfortable to take that first step sometimes and pregnancy and motherhood I mean, I just want women like 
to just step into their power in a way they never have when they get pregnant as they're stepping into motherhood. And so through my message and my gifts and education of movement and fitness, I'm always like thinking, how can I do that in the most relatable, inviting way possible? So that is why I talk about movement a lot so that it, yeah, there's just a seat for everybody at the table. Love that, Brooke. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. I, I absolutely love that because you're abs- you're definitely right that it can be it can be a little intimidating, especially if you've never gotten into it before, but then maybe you find yourself pregnant and you're like, I want to do what's best for my body and my baby, but I don't know where to start, but I've never done, you know, a, r- a real practice of moving my body and I want to do it the right way. And so talking about it this way and inviting all women at any stage of their womanhood, their motherhood. I, I just, I think that's so beautiful. So thank you for that. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's necessary. It's super important. So in relation to exercise movement from a preparing for birth space, I think it can look many ways. I mean, we can talk about common discomforts in pregnancy and how even those common discomforts can negatively or positively affect a birthing experience. For example, if someone, if a woman is experiencing really bad pelvic pain and she goes into the birthing room, well, how often does that pelvic pain create issues in her ability to birth her child in the way that she wants to birth her child. Because if that is an added level of pain and discomfort, there's going to be this desire to to reach for that exit door, right? Which could then lead to a slew of interventions that ultimately just, look, we all want healthy babies, but we can't, the elephant in the room is that oftentimes women birth their babies, the birth goes differently than they had planned. And there is a ton of trauma and guilt and sadness around that, that then the mother needs to process. So when I think about movement and exercise in preparation for birth, I even think, how can we set this woman's body up in a way that removes or increases the ability to remove potential roadblocks for that birthing experience. And of course, everyday life and pregnancy, because I think we'd all have more babies if pregnancy was just a breeze and we just felt so amazing and we were sleeping through the night and didn't have 55 pillows around us, you know, all the things. So, you know, I would say that I think, you know, pelvic pain, pelvic floor disorders, women, whether the, the pelvic floor issues start during pregnancy, so, you know, oftentimes they don't recognize them until after pregnancy as well. But so many women, especially women with subsequent pregnancies have these pelvic floor dysfunctions showing up in pregnancy. Well, how often do those pelvic floor dysfunctions and the inability to have the right provider give them the right information so that they have the tools to not necessarily prevent because once they have the dysfunction, they have it. It's, it's mitigating it in a way that can keep it at bay until they are in a place where they can kind of move through protocols that would help them heal and address it. But I think of just all of those things. So from a preparing the body physically, keeping the body comfortable, as comfortable as possible as it's growing a human um, and changing rapidly. And then of course, the birth marathon, which is what I love to refer to birth as. It is absolutely the most 
epic and transformative marathon in the entire world. And we should see it as that. I think that when we approach birth as a marathon, it does multiple things. It gives us something to look forward to. It provides almost a challenge for us. And I think oftentimes, you know, one of the reasons that I got into this work, because I did this work seven years before having my child. And you know, in this woo woo way, I tell people now that this is just the work I was supposed to do. Like I can tell you my story and how I, I leaned into this desire I had and this need that I saw when everyone around me was like, you're so far away from having babies. What are you doing? This is so weird. And I just leaned into it. It's because this is my life's work. It just is. I love it. I crave it. I want more of it. I love empowering women. Brooke, no, I think that that is amazing because hello, you're talking to the baby chick who literally started working with parents before I even had a boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I love I it. I, I, I was not married, didn't have children, but I had a calling as well. So when people are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be in this space. I'm like, oh no. Oh my gosh. If you feel a calling to something, that means you were destined to be there. Who cares? That will maybe, maybe come, maybe it won't, but it doesn't matter. If you have a passion and the desire and the knowledge, like go for it. So Absolutely. good for you. I'm Thanks. glad you and did And I it. never <laughs> doubted it. Other people would be like, huh, are you sure you've never had a baby? Do you know what you're doing? I'm like, move out of my way. Give me five <laughs> minutes. You will know that I'm exactly where I need to be. When I think about the birth marathon, I think that, where was I going with this? Oh, one of the reasons that I got into this work was I would see all of the women in my life pregnant, preparing for birth, and they were just ridden with birth fear, right? This like, I've heard all these stories about how horrible birth is. It's going to be so painful. I'm terrified. It's going to hurt pain, 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 pain. And I went, whoa, first of all, we are goddesses. We are carrying life and birthing it. Absolutely not. You are about to have the most transformative experience ever. And it's the first time that you and your baby get to do this beautiful dance together. And it's epic. And I just remember my, you know, 29, 30 year old self being so tapped into this wisdom of wait, I don't want my birth to be like this. How can we shift it? And I think that one of the many ways that we can shift that is by seeing it as a challenge for ourselves and a beautiful opportunity to, like I just said, commune with our babies in this way of, we talk a lot about how birth is intense for women. We rarely talk about our babies. What are, what are our babies going through? They are literally going through this birth canal journey of inner wisdom that we cannot even put words to. We are in action birthing our babies and the babies are just along for the ride in their own flow of wisdom. And I think that aside from that, I know that the average woman, when she is birthing, she is expelling more oxygen than a marathon runner. I mean, you think about these women who have 20 plus hour labors. I was one of those women. I had a 22 hour home birth and you know, when I say that, I always like preface it. If you're listening to me say this and you've n have yet to have a child, you will not know it has been 22 hours. <laughs> you are, you are oblivious. You are not watching the clock, but we expel so much energy, so much oxygen, and we are in such a primal space that 
to look at it like this marathon that the end of the race. So I guess you could look at it that way. I've never actually referred to it as a race, but is meeting our babies, right? And it's just this journey that how can we train for this insane journey that is going to push us to our edge in a beautiful way. But how do we do that from a movement and exercise space that isn't all strength? So this is one thing that I speak about a lot because I think commonly when you think about, oh, birth is a marathon, I'm going to train for the marathon. You think strength, strength, strength. Well, birth is a different animal than an actual marathon. So you can come in with all the strength you want. But if you cannot surrender, if you cannot be with your body, being with the experience, that strength could actually turn its back on you in a sense that it it's not the strength that gets us through it. It's and when I when we coach women through in training for their birth from a fitness and movement space, it is about surrendering while remaining strong. So how can you be strong in your body and surrender at the same time? I think it's a beautiful beautiful practice that once women experience it and apply it to their birth they realize that they can apply it to many other things in their lives. And I've even had women over the years say that they teach aspects of what we teach with diaphragmatic breath and other stuff to their toddlers and to their middle school age children to help them cope and deal with things. And it's really, it's just really profound. So I think preparing for birth with exercise can be as, as focused as training for your birth marathon. It could be tapping into what your body needs to prevent or better handle common discomforts. And then of course, I would say the big two are understanding how to properly push your baby because that is a huge misconception with women. I wish our OBs and nurses would go through an updated course on how to teach women how to push and bless our OBs and nurses. That is not their fault. They are just so overworked and over you know, they are so busy and their intention is there, but pushing like you're going to poop is the worst thing we could be saying to women in the birthing room. Unless Purple we're pushing to- is not good. Yeah. No, weird. No. Yeah. You know, this as a do, you know, this, and it's like, unless we're trying to give them a baby and hemorrhoids, like let's get them out of that. And then of course, preparing the pelvic floor for birth because it's going to lessen tearing. I often tell women that tearing, some tearing is good. We need to like stop fearing the tear, but we can prepare the perineum along with the pelvic floor to support healthier, better pushing as well as protecting that perineum from let's say a third or a fourth degree tear. Brooke, you're like literally singing to my heart right now. Like this is what I say to my clients all the time that like, oh my gosh, the marathon for birth, because I say the same thing that it's yes, preparing your body, moving your body because you need to move in labor. If you want that baby to come out, we have to move and get that baby down and low and getting that movement in when you're pregnant is going to make things better for your birthing experience. And also that preparation is education and that breath, your breath is so connected to all of that. And 
pushing, because you said this, I am really big on protecting women's perineums <laughs> and that if you really want to protect your parent, I have an amazing, I had two home births as well. And I, my midwife is I, a Jedi. She made sure that I didn't tear. And it's all about the proper pushing. And it's all about also like, she would actually put her hand over my baby's head and kind of hold them back from going too fast towards the end to allow those tissues and fibers to stretch so that it wouldn't tear so much. And so I had an intact perineum when I birthed my babies. And so there are ways you can talk to people, you can find this information and these resources and breath is a huge part of that. So anyway, I'm just loving everything that you're saying. So I just have to reiterate all of that. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I I love how everything that you're saying, it's really about, you know, how our mind and bodies are connected. And so I want to hear from you, like, how are the mind and body connected when it comes to preparing for birth? Ooh, well, the way that I would answer that is I would talk about our birth prep class. So on Studio Bloom, we have tons of classes and various ways to move your body, but Our birth prep class is hands down one of my favorite, and it's one of my favorite to coach and teach because it is so empowering. But the way we help women connect that mind-body in the way of preparing them to birth is to put them in a situation. I'm going to give you an exercise. So our birth prep classes, are they we try as best as we can in a fitness setting to mimic contractions. The height of the contraction is the exercise block. And the low of the contraction is actually after we've got taken you through about four or five exercises consistently, we bring you down to a rest period for anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute so that you can connect with pelvic floor, diaphragmatic breath, and really calm the nervous system, calm baby, calm yourself down only to prepare for your next bout of exercises. And we've been known to do some no rest birth prep classes too, because we all know that sometimes those contractions, there are no rests. Birth is a wild animal. In that, what we typically do to give you an example is let's take a single leg lunge. It's a perfect example because it's a single leg exercise. It's challenging. You're working one leg. You may be in that exercise for up to three minutes and we will change the way you move. So you can drop your weights. This is not about holding 40 pounds of weight. First of all, you have a growing baby inside of you. So that is an internal weight vest that you can use to your advantage. So body weight, ladies, pregnant women need to learn to let the ego go. And that body weight is a sufficient form of training. It really is. But I love telling women to pick up the weights too, but single leg lunge and we may take you in and out of various ways to do this lunge. So maybe we start 30 seconds in a full range lunge and we're contracting and lengthening those muscles. We're also coaching you and cueing you on how your breath pairs with the muscle, the primary muscle that we're working. So in that situation, we'd be working quads, hamstrings, and glutes, and we would pair your, what we call the belly pump. So it's like a diaphragmatic breath. It's its exercise girlfriend. So instead of just being breath where the pelvic floor and deep core don't have what I refer to as an intentional contraction on the exhale. It's more of a rebound on the exhale. The belly pump brings on this really powerful, intentional 
engagement of the pelvic floor and the deep ab- deepest abdominal muscle, the transverse abdominis. So I love to tell pregnant women, look, we're all busy. You're going to be even busier once you have these babies. Your workouts need to be efficient and time con- like not so time consuming. So kill two birds with one stone. Do your single leg lunge and train your core and pelvic floor at the same time. So we coach them through the belly pump, the breath, they're still in diaphragmatic breath. They're just adding this exercise component on with the exhale. We may do that for 30 seconds. Then we go into pulses. So they'll sit low and they pulse and then maybe they'll hold for another 30 seconds. And then maybe they'll go back to full range. You kind of see what I'm getting at. We are exhausting that muscle group in a, in a gentle way. We're starting to fatigue that muscle group to push that individual to her edge, just like the contraction will. That's the goal. In that space, it's my job or one of my coach's jobs to say, once you get to your edge and you are ready to exit and pull out of this lunge, stay right there. Release your release your belly pump. Forget about the, the exercise component of it and just breathe. Soften your shoulders, soften your jaw. Maybe close your eyes, hold onto the wall if you need a little bit of help with your balance and let go. Surrender to that intensity that is happening with your muscles because you just met your contraction and you have the prime time right now to teach your body how to have a relationship with your mind to distract it and then use your diaphragmatic breath to help move the pain in your body. Because a little known fact that for some reason is not shared in the hospital industry as much as I wish it was to be honest, even sometimes in the home birthing space, but is that diaphragmatic breathing is your body's natural pain reliever. If I did not have diaphragmatic breath, Nina, in my birth, and maybe my warm water in my bath, I don't know that I would have gotten through a home birth. I mean, it, you know, they, it is such a dance and my breath was my pain relief. People say, Oh my goodness, you did it with no drugs. You did it without pain relief. I'm like, my diaphragmatic breath was that for me. And I, so I think there are ways of teaching women based on fatiguing muscle groups and then bringing in that breath component and then teaching them in that moment, that's your contraction. You're ready to hit the exit button. You're ready to stop. Say I forfeit. That's your contraction. That's where you breathe. That's where you go harder and you distract the mind, but stay in the body. Don't leave the body. Cause if you leave the body, then you're going to have trouble birthing your baby. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. This is so cool. I love hearing this from you, Brooke. Wow. Such powerful information. And, and for, for women, you know, what advice would you give them who just found out they're pregnant? They just peed on a stick. They're wanting to prepare their body for childbirth. Like where should she start? What's your go-to piece of advice? I would tell them to learn how to properly connect to their diaphragmatic breathing, their core and pelvic floor. For women, so it's kind of this two part. For women who are really physically fit or fitness driven in a sense that they push themselves four plus days a week, they push themselves hard and they expect to do that throughout pregnancy. Telling them this makes them feel like they have to take a step back and slow down. And it's really hard for them. And I understand that. And in the second breath, I want to say, get over it. Mm 
because it is the most important thing that you can do. And oftentimes the places that we have more than oftentimes, but the places that we have the greatest resistance are the places we need to be the most. So for my, my moms who are super physically fit and they don't want to spend 10 minutes learning how to diaphragmatically breathe. They want to use that 10 minutes to push their body and pick up heavy weights and throw them around. Ask yourself, where is your resistance? Because if your resistance is with the diaphragmatic breath, there is profound teaching in that. And I would tell you that there is, regardless of the resistance, there is profound teaching in that. And it will completely change the way they connect to their core and exercise for the rest of their life. Pregnancy is giving them that ability to connect to their body differently. And so the reason I brought them up is because that's one demographic of women and the challenges they might have with what the way where I would want them to start. And then the other demographic are maybe like my women who are used to doing um, more gentle work or like my yogis. They're like, yes, bring on the diaphragmatic breathing, bring on the practice of like just 15 minutes of pelvic floor release and con- contraction, like give it to me all day. And that's beautiful there can be a resistance depending on the demographic. And I know this because we are a global fitness app and we've heard it all for the past four and a half years. And when we launched our app, I was really, really, it was important to me that we weren't just a typical fitness industry. Here are some pregnant, you know, slap a pregnancy safe logo on it and call it a day. I wanted to truly change the way that women moved their bodies and connected with their bodies during pregnancy and postpartum while giving them kick ass results that they're like, I've never seen these results, even pre-pregnancy. And, um, and it all starts with that diaphragmatic breath, which for a lot of people, it's just breathing. You're like, but I know how to breathe. Well, you do, but chances are you knew how to breathe better when you were a baby, because we all come into the world diaphragmatically breathing for the most part. And along the way, our crazy, hectic, stressful world often shifts us into a more sympathetic nervous system, which means that we breathe in our chest more than our diaphragm. The diaphragm sits at the bottom of the the lungs and the rib cage, as you know, and women, we've forgotten that. And it's such a crucial piece because that is the foundation to bringing our inner core system back online. And that's that symbiosis between the pelvic floor, that deep TVA, all of the muscles of, of the core unit truly. And that's just the starting point. The cool thing is, is that it starts with diaphragmatic breath, but then if you want the exercise, of course, that's what I'm going to give you. And my team's going to give you because that's what we do, but that's the foundation. And then we build on that foundation, all in relation to core and pelvic floor. So teaching you how to turn that diaphragmatic breath into its exercise girlfriend to start to strengthen the pelvic floor and core. And then you can learn how to pair that with squats and bicep curls and other things to make your workout even more efficient. And then we can teach you how to build endurance of the the strength that you're building of the core and pelvic floor with different isometric holds of that same pelvic floor engagement and deep core hold. It just supports us, not just in exercise, but in the way that we move. I always think about pregnant moms who are on their second, third, subsequent children and how often throughout their pregnancy, they are picking up their younger children and transferring them as one example, how much better 
is it when we can engage our pelvic floor and core properly before picking up our child and transferring them to their bed, their crib, their car seat, you name it, to not just protect ourselves and our core, but I mean, you're also, you just gave your core, you like woke your core up a little bit. Like why not turn as busy modern moms, why not turn the way that we move every day into ways that will support our exercise journeys too? You know what I mean? Like I, I used to tell women, whether you're pregnant, postpartum, wherever you can come and show up to a fitness class, whether it's in person or online, you could do that every day of your life. But if you're only there for an hour, let's say, which by the way, Studio Bloom, we do not have many hour long workouts because who's got time for hour long workouts anymore? <laughs> we should be, we should be making, making our fitness instructors do more, like give me the efficiency of an hour workout in 30 to 40 minutes. But you could do that, let's say for an hour though, every day of your life. But then if you go back into your life and you're moving throughout your day and there's you're, you're training the core in the opposite way because you're not engaging it properly. You're not managing this intra-abdominal pressure that naturally happens with various ways that we move our body and you're weakening aspects of your pelvic floor and your core and other parts of your body. I mean, why are you wasting your time exercising? Yeah. You're still going to be in pain. You're still, you're not going to see the results you want because it's almost like you're erasing that throughout your day. So what we try to do you know, coming back to that, this is where I would start pregnant women with that diaphragmatic breath and really learning what we call our bloom foundations from a core and pelvic floor space is that you find that you can apply them in so many ways that, I mean, women still use them 15 years later, telling us they have completely changed the way that I move my body. They've changed the way I hike, the way I swim. It's everything. The way I cough and sneeze regular everyday things now now completely a different shift i love that that's so cool wow and you know pregnancy can be just so overwhelming and <laughs> thinking about fitness and preparing for birth can feel like too much for some women so what are what are some just simple steps women can add to their just everyday routine to improve their labor? Like, can you give us just some little snippets of like, okay, maybe just start with these things and that can, that can get you into a good flow. Yep. I would say a snippet of mobility would be great. And of course this could look a million ways, but trying to find some level of mobility, even if it's every morning or every night before you go to bed or while you're making your child lunch and standing in front of the the stove or something, you know, finding four stretches that are going to help your body find, find a, a, a place that you can sit in a birthing squat up against your couch for 45 seconds, multiple times throughout your day to open up those hips, to breathe diaphragmatically while you're in that birth squat, let's say, because that right there, you're getting into the birth squat, you're opening up the hips, you're opening up that birthing canal. And then when you tap into the breath, you can also really start to practice the lengthening component of that pelvic floor and prepare both the pelvic floor and perineum. You know, I would go back to what I was saying a moment ago about implementing certain techniques throughout your day. Let me give you a couple of examples. So the way that we teach core and pelvic floor engagement, if I sit down on the couch to read my kiddo a book, or if I'm lucky enough and I'm going to watch a TV show by myself, I sit on the couch and I just lean back into the chair without 
any core engagement or awareness whatsoever. I'm not doing myself any justice whatsoever. But if I exhale, engage that pelvic floor, lifting the pelvic floor, wrapping either postpartum women would, it would, I use the visual of a corset. So kind of tightening that corset, or if you're pregnant, gently hugging baby. So your belly will get a little bit smaller with that core engagement. Baby is fine. Everything is good. And then holding that engagement to lean back, letting it go once you're supported and then doing that same action as you sit up, you literally just trained your core. I mean, if you're really a go-getter, you could Netflix and chill and do about 15 of these, right? Like you could just sit into the couch and then sit back up. So I think that those, it may seem silly, but again, I think you, you brought up that women feel overwhelmed and maybe even sometimes intimidated. Like I do not have the time to even exercise for 15 minutes a day. Cool. Then learn some techniques around pelvic floor and deep core. Learn some mobility around hip opening stretches, side body lengthening, because the obliques are notorious for becoming overactive during pregnancy and tap into those things. Um, find some glute lengthening stuff, you know, tap into these things throughout your day and then let everything else just be because the truth is, is at the end of the day, our bodies are wise and they can get you through, your body is going to get you through your pregnancy, whether you exercise once a week or five times a week. I mean, that's the truth. That's why our mothers can say they got through, they gave birth to us without exercise, but it does add a ton of benefit to both mom and baby. But I would say women who feel overwhelmed, it's implementing, the easiest thing is going to be implementing certain core and pelvic floor techniques throughout your day. And then not being hard on yourself. If you can do a five to 10 minute practice, are you kidding me? You moved your body. You celebrated the fact that your body can move and it's changing every single day. So whereas last week you could, you moved for 15 minutes, maybe this week, three days this week, you can only move for seven minutes, but your belly is a little bit bigger. You know, baby weighs more. There's more fluid in your belly. You know, like all these things are changing. So you may have moved for a shorter period of time, but technically you picked up a heavier weight. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's about not being so hard on ourselves. And that's earlier when I mentioned the fitness industry and some of the ways that they have done such a disservice to women specifically is that is this ego driven culture around something that really should be enjoyed. And it's about making our ourselves healthier and our babies healthier. It's a gift. So if we feel like we are not good enough because we cannot get in a 45 minute workout every day, we have to open up some reframing around that. And, um, you know, there are many days I'm a, I'm the founder and the creator of this method. I eat and breathe and talk clearly about pre and postnatal fitness. And I love it. And I am that person who, if I, if I go too many days without an exercise or a workout, because I'm too busy, my husband's like, honey, you need, you need to go work out. But my workouts are never more than 35 minutes. I do not have time because there's so much else I want to do in a day. I'd rather do 35 minutes of physical activity and 20 minutes of spiritual work than 45 minutes of physical activity and no spiritual work. And that's just me. So I think it's just women deserve to have a better, healthier approach to fitness. And it can look however lights you up individually. and 
the seasons of motherhood and womanhood, just being a woman changes so often that I think it's important for us to know that our movement practice is going to change with the season too, because we're women. We are incredible, incredible creatures. And sometimes our practices need to be more self-care. We need to like, you know, give to ourselves in a way that maybe doesn't look like physical practice. Maybe our strength training practice needs to shift to a yoga practice because we need more yin energy than yang energy. And I think the more that we can be fluid with that as women is when we really step into our power and we get rid of the ego because there's so much ego in fitness. Oh, wow. Brooke, this is just, I can, your passion just really just shines through with all of this. And I just am enjoying every bit of knowledge that you're sharing with us. This is just powerful and and really, really cool. And we're approaching close to that hour mark. So I want to respect your time and our listeners' time. So I want to know, Brooke, like, what is the one thing, like out of everything that you want our listeners to know about preparing themselves for a successful birth through prenatal fitness? That's a good one. I feel like I've said so much. You that have. They That's why I was away. like, I don't even know if there's anything else you could add. So if it's a repeat of something or just the one thing that you want them to take away. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give two things. I'm going to tell them to really tap into their, I guess, information radar. Be mindful of the information that you are taking in around pre and postnatal movement and exercise. Social media has become a rabbit hole of information. And in my years of doing this, I have seen far too many women who have chosen to take information about their own journey and movement practice from their favorite influencer or their favorite celebrity versus someone who is more seasoned in their knowledge around this. And I think that Asking questions is the best place to start because I think it's great that people want to move their bodies like their favorite person that they follow on social media. Like, do your thing, girl. But ask questions. Don't just take all information verbatim and trust it. Because as a specialist in this field, I see much more incorrect information online, then I see correct information. I see a lot of conflicting information because that's just the world we live in. And I think that when we can tap into our inner compass, we know the answer. Even if we aren't the specialist, our inner compass will always guide us. And and it's such a good practice stepping into motherhood because I think there are so many times throughout motherhood that we can come back and there's all this noise around us, what we should do, what we shouldn't do with our babies. And as a mom, what does that inner compass say? It will be your best teacher. So I would just say, filter your information and don't take it all. And then the second thing is have grace with yourself which is maybe not what most of your listeners would expect from a fitness person, but it is have, have grace with yourself. I mean, I could tell you all the things that I would love to share with a pre and postnatal woman around movement and exercise. But the truth is, is that is all teachable. Having grace with yourself is a choice that we make and we have to shut out a lot of, again, that noise to be able to hone in on the grace. And sometimes that noise is just in our own head. The, the pressure 
that internal pressure that we create. And pregnancy is such a profound time to have more grace with yourself and learn more about yourself and lean into the softness and the true femininity of what it is to be a woman. I mean, for me, it, it was the most teachable of that. I, I'm not a very soft individual. I'm very fiery and like clearly passion filled and very strong and the way I lead my life and stand in the world and motherhood. I've had to surrender multiple times, but motherhood has been able to give me grace to where I can even have a conversation with you and say, I'm a fitness expert and I never work out more than 35 hours a day. And that's, I, I do think that's rare. And I think it's because we bring so much ego and so much internal pressure. But in the course of my four years of being a mother, I've asked myself, not just what movement means to me and why having a movement practice is important to me, but why is it my life's work? In teaching other women about having a healthy movement practice, do I just want to give them like this typical messaging around like, look killer in your bathing suit, ladies, like you'll still look sexy at 50, like bravo. If you do, you do. But that is a, that is such a spectrum. Like beauty is such a spectrum. Feeling good in your skin is such a spectrum. Like we should all feel good. And, and it starts with having grace for our bodies and being able to surrender to the changes that are happening. And when you can show up for the movement, show up for the movement. And when you show up for the movement, because this happens to me, you guys, I show up for the workout and I'm like halfway in and I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Guess what? I don't do it. I don't. I walk away from the movement. And I think it's in those things, especially when we're pregnant, if we can do it during pregnancy, when all of that pressure is on us and the body is changing so much, so there's all this fear too, right? Like I'll never feel like myself again. My body's going to change. It'll never look the same. Those are all fear-based narratives to keep us small. Your body can look however you want it to look, period. It can be dependent on an exercise and diet, or it cannot be. It is all, you are the, the creator of your life. And so it just comes back to that grace. So I would say have grace, no matter what your pregnancy journey looks like, come back to those quiet moments and remember that you're doing something way bigger than keeping your body looking a certain way. And sometimes even feeling a certain way, because there are things that show up in our pregnancy and postpartum journeys that are out of our control from a dysfunction or common discomfort pain situation, the way birth happens sometimes. And that is not our guilt to have. There are probably millions of lessons and teachable moments in that challenge but you're going to discover those more if you have the grace. So that would be my advice. Beautiful, Brooke. Bravo and amen. <laughs> I love it all. I will say that you said, I don't work out more than 35 hours in a day. I'm pretty mm. sure she meant minutes. So I just I wanted minutes, to add ladies. that. <laughs> Because yes, I was geez. like, no wonder she looks so good. I don't have no, 35 no. hours in a day. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Sorry about that. I know that was quite misspoken there. 35 <laughs> minutes. And I would say for anyone who's like, no way you, you work out for only 35 minutes a day. I do. I just make my workouts efficient. I train my core and my pelvic floor. I turn on my breath with every squat and bicep curl. I do. Period. Amen. Love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, Brooke, where can our listeners find you? Because this was just too magical. We need to know. 
Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. They can find the Bloom Method on Instagram. Um, we are there trying to keep up with the the social media game and giving away information and and education the best we can. So we are at the Bloom Method on Instagram. We are also our website is is clearly the Bloom Method, and then we are in the Android shop, the iTunes, Apple shop under Studio Bloom. You can also find our app under the Bloom Method. I love it. Oh, wow. This was so helpful and cool and amazing, Brooke. I mean, thank you so much again for your time and for sharing your immense knowledge with all of us. I I loved every bit of it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to your listeners for taking the time out of their day, almost an hour to be exact, to listen to you and I talk about all these goodies. So thank you. To learn more about Brooke and her work, you can visit her on her website at thebloommethod.com or Instagram at thebloommethod, as well as her apps, as she had mentioned. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to everyone taking charge of their fitness and making birth easier. (laughs) 